Hey there, welcome my friend. This is Brian Del Turco. You're listening to Jesus Smart, the podcast. The Bible talks a lot about gratefulness and the intelligence of Jesus Christ. You know, being Jesus Smart understands the supreme value of being grateful to the Creator, but science is starting to talk about it too. Psychology and even neuroscience will get to this about gratefulness and really how, as people of the future, we can practice gratefulness. Gratitude is making actually a lot of news today in science, neuroscience, psychology. Science is, uh, in, a, in a sense, catching up with what the Bible has said about gratefulness for a long time. But my question as I read some of this research and some of these articles that, that are based on the research, like in psychology, for example, to whom are we grateful or to what are we grateful to some abstract unknowing? Are we grateful to the universe? I mean, I want to suggest that the highest form of gratefulness is to a whom, that is a person, and that that person is the creator. And I believe that as we are first grateful to the creator, what happens? We condition our inner selves and we position ourselves to be authentically grateful to others significant people in our lives in whatever context we relate to them. Maybe it's family, friendship, business and work, our place in the larger world, and so on. So firstly, grateful to the Creator, and then really grateful for His creation and to those who are created by Him. You see what I mean? Gratitude is like priming a pump. What is surprising about gratitude is that as we make the decision to be thankful, it releases a spring of gratitude in our lives and a flow of thankfulness increases. And and here's the mystery of it. When we have a grateful heart set, we focus upon what we do have and somehow, mysteriously even, as we do this, we increasingly magnetize our life and our personal world and more and more good and right things start coming toward us, especially as a priority as we are grateful to the Creator, thankful to Him, praising Him, acknowledging Him, realizing that it's not us, it's Him, really. What's amazing is that as we're grateful to the Creator, as we prioritize Him, not ourselves, as we acknowledge Him as the source of all good things. James says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. As we acknowledge that, as we worship Him and are thankful to Him, something is set in place. It's a, it's a mysterious dynamic. We start attracting more of it, and we pray better, we believe better, and we just magnetize our lives for more and more of the Father's design for our life, the things that He wants to bring, the things that we long for and desire and want and need, and even those things that we're not yet consciously in touch with, but the Father wants to bring it. And once they show up, we realize, wow, I really want that. Wow, I really needed that. Gratitude is like priming the pump, and it's really a key part of walking with the Lord in a faithful way. 
I want to play a segment to you from a podcast by John Eldridge and his co-host Ransomed Heart in Colorado, ransomedheart.com. Go to the show notes page for this episode and I'll link to the ransomedheart.com site as well as to the specific podcast episode. We don't wait to be grateful until the outcome happens that we're hoping for, until the prayer is answered, or until something happens. The truth is that we become grateful in anticipation. I'm going to coin it as anticipatory gratefulness, savoring the journey along the way, even in the unknown and in the middle of something. And the great question that he brings up is, God, what are you up to in the process? What are you up to in the journey? And I'll find when it comes to being grateful, if I don't catch my spirit, I will wait to be grateful until the outcome happens. And and I think that's... Wait, that's not what we're supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I found, boy, I'm, I'm not grateful most of the time because I'm in a waiting mode to see how God's going to answer a prayer or how an, how an outcome's going to come together. And to me, in my heart, in the last year, it's been different to say, I'm actually going to savor the journey, whatever that journey mm. is, with children, mm. with work, with anything, finances. I don't have to wait till the end to be grateful. I can actually savor in the unknown and in the middle and, and just keep asking, like you encourage us to do all the time, God, what are you up to in this? What's your interpretation? Which makes sense on Thanksgiving, but year round, we're trying to learn as a family, how do you do that? How do you be grateful in the midst of the question marks, the unknown? It, this is really disruptive. This is not helpful for me. I thought, <laughs> I thought we were going to come in and have a good conversation and I would be able to avoid <laughs> high levels of conviction. I really think this is a powerful kingdom dynamic because faith anticipates when we wait upon the Lord, when the Bible uses that phrase in Isaiah 40, wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. In the Hebrew, it means to have an outstretched neck, to be leaning forward, to be looking and anticipating what we're waiting for. It's not just a passive close in upon ourselves waiting in a line somewhere, but it's anticipating, looking at the horizon and having an expectation. And when we have that stance of faith, that posture of faith, we can begin to thank God right in the journey, right in the process as it's coming, anticipatory gratefulness. What if we were to really cultivate that sentiment into the cadence of our our lives, the rhythm of our life? What a better posture of faith to be in. Could we become actually more positioned for more of what God wants to bring? I think so. That's what my instinct tells me. What's so exciting about the kingdom of God is that we are people of the future. Here's the deal, my friend. As we really study the scriptures and reflect upon them more, we're all in a journey, we understand that the future has already broken into the present. What do I mean by that? When the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the last days began. (laughs) We've been in the last days, quote unquote, as the Bible talks about it, since the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the Christ followers. And let me read you a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. 
Paul says, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge. Just, boy, if you could underscore those words, sealed and pledge. We were sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge. The ESV, the English Standard Version, translates it as guarantee. An alternate translation is down payment. The Holy Spirit is given as a guarantee or a down payment, a pledge of our full inheritance, which is to come when Christ comes again. And when we go into the new heavens and the new earth, here's what I want to tell you. Hang with me here because you're not just going to hear this, you know, in some Peter Pan church service, okay? Here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that the powers of the age to come have broken into the present age. We can taste the powers of the age to come. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 4 and 5 says that we can be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. We can taste the heavenly gift. We have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and we've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age which are to come. Hey, just a few minutes ago, did I say a Peter Pan service? Did that come out of my mouth? You know, or did I just think it? Sometimes I think something and sometimes I say something and I wonder if if I actually vote. I think I did. Okay, now, <laughs> what I mean is that this is not just a casual approach to Christianity, a pop Christianity, a Peter Pan approach to following Jesus. When we grow in the Lord, and look, we, we can start tasting the powers. This is normative Christianity, my friend. This is what it's meant to be. We can partake of the Holy Spirit, partake of the good word of God, and taste the powers of the age which are to come. And the Holy Spirit, we can be grateful now because the Holy Spirit, we've been sealed, Paul says in Ephesians 1, with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a down payment or a guarantee of the new heavens and the new earth and all that Christ is bringing at his second coming. But we can now start tasting and sampling and living in the light and power of that age which is to come. Isn't that wonderful? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 and 22, as many as may be the promises of God, in him they are yes. In Christ, the answer is yes. Not no, not maybe the promises of God, but yes, a firm yes. Therefore, also through him, through Christ is our amen to the glory of God through us. See, we say on our end of the equation, I agree, I believe, I say amen. In Jesus, the answer is yes. On our end, we say yes as well. We say, so be it, amen, to the glory of God through us. Paul goes on to say, he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also, here's this word again, he sealed us and he gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge, a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment. 
So when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early believers in Acts chapter 2, the last days era began and the kingdom, which is coming in its fullness at the second coming of Christ, has now begun to break into our time. We taste and we can be grateful. That's the point here today. We can thank God. What if we were to develop a posture of faith before God? God, I am grateful that the powers of the age to come have broken into our time, and I want to experience it. I want to see healing happen. I want to see deliverance from dark powers happen. I want to see provision manifested. I want to see the new heavens and new earth issues of justice and righteousness and peace manifested. Now we start sampling it, creating pockets of the new heavens and new earth in our homes, in our work, in our reach out into society at large. We we create these pockets, these landing strips where the new heavens and new earth is sampled. Okay, I can feel like I'm beginning to sort of podcast myself into a happy state here. I kind of I kind of feel it coming. See, faith receives the title deed to things and begins to thank God for it in advance of what we normally think of as the manifestation or the outcome being realized, the prayer being answered. We can be grateful. Let's be grateful all along the way. Boy, I wish there was a mirror in this room that I could pick up and just remind myself, look in the mirror. And Brian, you know, beyond anybody that any ear holes that you may be in right now, you need to be talking to your own ear holes that begin to be grateful, positive, positively charged, expectant, receiving in advance the title deed and just thanking God for it all along the way. What if in the rhythm and in the cadence of our daily, weekly lives, we lived in that energy, in that light, I think it could be very exciting. Paul said in Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, that he said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed to us. That's when Christ comes. That's when the fullness of the kingdom comes. He says the anxious longing of creation is waiting eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. We could add the daughters of God. Look, creation is waiting for not only the revelation of Christ, but the revelation of you and me when Christ comes again. Because creation has been subjected to futility, Paul says, The vice regents of God, Adam and Eve, fell, gave it all over. It's been subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of God who subjected it, but in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We have a few cats around here. One of our daughters is a quintessential cat lover and has brought the world of cat dumb into our domicile, okay? We have cats, and I'm telling you, I, I saw a documentary once about, you know, like the lion in your house, you know, the, the traits of even domestic cats that you can see in the wild of the African safari in the lion kingdom. Very interesting creature. I've learned to appreciate them. There is a sense in which these cats are waiting to be released. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but there's a sense of futility. 
They prowl about. They're restless. They're always looking for something to do. They're incredibly curious. I, I just get the feeling that they're waiting to be set free from their slavery to corruption, as, as it were, into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay, we know, Paul says in verse 22 of Romans 8, that the whole creation is groaning and suffering the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, now catch this, my friend, we got we to gotta marinate in the word, we got to penetrate, we got to drive deep. Not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. So not only are we sealed by the Holy Spirit, not only is the Holy Spirit given to us as a pledge or a down payment, a guarantee, the Holy Spirit is also given to us now in our Christ-following experience as the first fruits. What are the first fruits? Well, in the Old Testament world, this was a picture of the barley harvest, which was the first harvest to come in a given agricultural year. And they would take the very first sheaves of that barley harvest and do a wave offering before the Lord and present the very first sheaves of the very first harvest to the Lord as a wave offering, as a first fruits offering. It was saying, God, we worship you with the first fruits of this harvest, and we believe that you are watching over our harvest and will bring it all in. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a first fruits experience of the Spirit of God now. We can worship God. We can be grateful. We can prioritize what it means to live a Spirit-filled life as a wave offering, if you will and worship God with a grateful heart, we have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord for that. And it says that even though we're in this tension, we groan in ourselves, we're waiting for our full adoption as sons and daughters of God and the complete redemption of our body, we've been saved in hope. With perseverance, we eagerly wait for it. We can be grateful with the tension of it all. We are people of the future. The light and the power of the new heavens and the new earth has already crested over our horizon in Christ and through our experience in the Holy Spirit. We begin now with gratefulness to experience and taste it and sample it even now. Craig Keener has a PhD from Duke University and he's the professor of New Testament at Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. He writes this, The future reality invades our lives by the Spirit. Yes, by the Spirit. That is why Paul speaks of the Spirit as the down payment of our future inheritance. And then he references 2 Corinthians 1.22. 2 Corinthians 5, 5, if you want to look these verses up. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, which we read at the outset of this episode. He continues to write that the Greek word sometimes rendered down payment here was used in ancient business documents for the first installment. It was not just a verbal guarantee. It's the beginning experience of what is promised. We've received the first installment of the age to come by the Spirit of Christ, by the Holy Spirit. 
And through experiencing the Spirit, and I would add in parentheses, and I'm sure he would agree because I just have a high level of resonance with his writing here on this topic. We walk in the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. I'm saying this now. We experience the fruit of the Spirit, which is the nature of Jesus Christ. We begin to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are the competencies of Christ, the capacities of Christ that he demonstrated when he was on the earth and led a life from the human side of his incarnation, a life fully yielded and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, back to what he's saying. By experiencing the Spirit, we are experiencing a foretaste of the glories of the coming world in God's presence. That is something to be grateful for. That is something, even as we're processing on some edge or journeying on some issue, we're praying for that person and we don't yet see the breakthrough. You know, we're expecting a miracle in a certain area over here and we can feel it coming, but we're in process and we're in a a state of persevering prayer. But we can be grateful because we have experienced the down payment, the earnest, the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're touching the world which is to come and we're sampling it and pulling on it into the present world. And this is not for our selfish exploitation. This is because it's, the, it's, it's about the fame of Jesus. It's about the story, the God story. We are a witness to that King, King Jesus, who is bringing that world to come. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has drawn near to you. It's at hand. It's right up against you, my friend. The kingdom of God ultimately coming in its fullness. It's right up in your face. It's right within reach of you. Repent which means to change the mind, change your life, go in a new direction, for the kingdom of God has drawn near to you. I'm grateful that Paul said in Galatians 1.4 that Christ has delivered us from this present evil age. If I've been delivered from this present evil age, it must be that I'm now to access the benefits of a different age. That's the age to come. That's the new heavens and the new earth. Paul also said in Romans 12 too, he warned us not to be conformed to this age, but be transformed by my mind being made new by the word, by the spirit. I'm getting jacked up, amped up, and a little bit of, of you know, some higher voltage on this myself right now. I could go on. I'm going to pause. I'm going to drop the landing here, come in for a landing here and just say that we'll touch on these themes more as we move forward in the podcast. So to learn more about the podcast, go to jesussmart.com. You can see the show notes page for this episode. Links and additional resources will be there. I'll have links to the professor at Asbury that I'm quoting. I'll have links to the podcast excerpt that we had from Ransom Tart with John Eldridge and his co-host as well. There may be a few other links there to go deeper on this topic. For those, you know, the few, the proud, the Marines, for those who want to go deeper, go to the show notes page. We appreciate it. And it really helps the podcast to get before more people when you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's now on iHeartRadio and Spotify. If you have those apps on your phone, you can search for Jesus Smart, the podcast subscribe to it right there. You can listen to every episode right through your iHeartRadio or Spotify app as well. But it's it's available in a lot of podcast apps. We have an e-letter which goes out nearly every week. 
And what we're, you know, we're all questing, we're all on a journey, and we're seeking there to to curate and build out some next level ideas and insights to develop as a Christ follower, as an apprentice of his kingdom. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. Always open to your comments. You can always reach out to me, either comment on your podcast app itself, or you can also reach out through the contact tab at jesussmart.com. Jesus is brilliant. He's powerful. He's got a great inheritance. He's bringing in the new heavens and the new earth. In the meantime, we can be grateful. He knows how this life works best starting right now. And that's what we're all about here at the podcast. Talk with you soon. Talk with you soon.